You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that Well, it's been several days now, and I, as much as I feel like I need to move on, I f- can't. <laughs> it's still, I mean, look, I mean, this is one of the bigger trades um, that has happened, period. I mean, there, there's a big pile of massive trades that have taken place, but this is gigantic. And the Packers were a part of it, which makes it even crazier. Packers are not usually in on the, the biggest of the biggest type trades. Um, and, and again, and I, I don't want to just rehash. There's no point doing another podcast if I'm just going to keep saying the same things over and over again. But um, the fact that it has completely shifted our entire perspective, I, I, I and several others don't seem to be able to get over it. Um, it's almost staggering to me that, I don't want to say nobody saw this, but if they saw this, they didn't really talk about it very much. Again, of, of all the, the things to contemplate, of all the things to consider, I don't know anybody that really thought of the scenario, what if we brought back Aaron Rodgers and hit the reset button all at once? It seemed to me that no matter what, we were headed toward, I don't want to necessarily say disaster, but an eminent dark period slash rebuild. If we keep Rodgers, we are, we are out of money. And the only, and I've, I've said this on this podcast, strike one. If we keep Rodgers, we can run it back with a lesser team. Now you can say, well, we have, Devontae's gone, so obviously it's a lesser team. No, false. Not necessarily. Today it's a lesser team. Not necessarily though. And this has been the point I've been trying to get across to many, many people. And it's also why I get so annoyed with the obsession with wide receiver. Well, now they have to go wide receiver. Now we have to draft two wide receivers. I've seen so many mock drafts with the first two pick being wide receiver. I've seen so many blue checkmark people saying the Packers have to get it. They have to, somebody said, and I, my eyes rolled back so far, they about fell out of the back of my skull. The Packers have to get two veteran free agents and draft two wide receivers in the first four picks. Freaking why? Freaking why? I don't understand the obsession with wide receiver. I don't understand it. We have so many fans that will completely neglect offensive line. For example, I got a perfect example. You know who everybody is excited for? The Raiders. You know why? Because they got Devontae Adams. And everybody is like, dude, the Raiders are stacked now. The Raiders team sucks. They have Devontae and a whole bunch of not much else. Derek Carr is decent. Josh Jacobs is good. Waller is decent. Renfro is good, but over... Everybody that they have is good, but overrated. You know what they don't have is an offensive line. You know what's more important than having a, a receiver as good as Devontae Adams? Having an offensive line. 
This offensive line is pathetic. You know what else is pathetic? Their defensive line. You know what else? Their corners and their linebackers and their safeties and pretty much the entire freaking team. And while Waller's one of the best tight ends in football, here's the other issue I have, and I've talked about this many times. The other issue I have is our inability to realize things change. Our memories only seem to hold on to people at their best, right? So if somebody was good five years ago, we never let that go. And so the perception is they have Waller, who's elite. They have Carr, who's, who's very good. They have Jacobs, who's maybe the best running back in football. They have Runfro, who's an elite wide receiver. They added Adams, who's an elite wide receiver. They have Max Crosby, who's one of the best pass rushers in football. They added Chandler Jones, so now they have two elite players. They added Bilal Nichols to help bolster again that defensive line, which makes it even better. They have Trayvon Morig at safety. On top of Jonathan Abram, who they drafted several years ago, they've got Divine Diablo, who they added last year, who's going to help bolster the safety-slash-inside-the-box linebacker group. You know, they recently added Denzel Perriman last year, so they, they've bolstered their line, you know, linebackers and whatnot. So they have done so many wonderful, great, amazing things. They drafted Alex Leatherwood last year. Okay, but here's the issue with all that. First of all, Devontae Adams was an elite number one wide receiver the last several years, right? Just like DeAndre Hopkins was an elite number one wide receiver for several years before he went to Arizona, and then suddenly everybody stopped talking about him because he wasn't the number one wide receiver anymore. And it's not because his quarterback is so terrible or anything else, because nothing could have been worse than his situation in Houston. But things change. It's not to say he's bad, but this narrative that you can't stop Arizona now because they added the best wide receiver in football suddenly vanished the second they started playing football. Number two, Darren Waller. The, the, the picture of Darren Waller is 2020-2019 Darren Waller, where he was the fifth and third best tight end, right? He was the fifth best in 2019, third best in 2020. He was the 17th best last year. In fact, his first three years in the league were quite terrible. Then he had two great years, and then he kind of fell back off a little bit. That's not to say he can't get back to being the, one of the top tight ends in football, but he's 29 years old and is coming off a mediocre season. Josh Jacobs was ranked 13th last year. In 2019, he was second. After his rookie year, though, he kind of fell off. He fell off to 21st and then 13th. So he's kind of hovering in the 15th to 20th range with a 75 to say He's very good. I'm not saying he's not good. But understand, he's not even grading out as well as guys like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. He's kind of hovering in that zone. And Derek Carr ranks 13th. Again, I like Derek Carr. He gets too much hate. But he's, he's, he's 13th. He's sort of a Kirk Cousins-y, although he's nowhere near as good as Kirk Cousins the last couple of years. But, you know, that kind of range. Matt Stafford-y, Kirk Cousins-y, you know, good, but not elite. Hunter Renfro was 17th, right? The offensive line, like Alex Leatherwood, remember how we, we added him in the first round? He's super good. 45 overall grade last year. 45. He had a 62 run blocking grade and a 31 pass blocking grade. He played the entire season. It's not a small sample size. At right guard, Denzel Good is an absolute joke along the offensive line. Andre James, I don't even know who that is at safety, but he's a terrible football player. They've got John Simpson, who is a first round pick or a fourth round pick, who is a terrible football player. And then they have Colton Miller. And Colton Miller, who was terrible as a rookie, got a little bit better in 2019, was pretty good in 2020, was the fifth best tackle in 2021. Maybe he regresses a little bit. Maybe he just continues to get better. I don't know. But at best, they've got one good offensive lineman. They also drafted Brian Edwards, the wide receiver, but he's not very good at football. Their best corner is Rocky Sin, who ranked 28th with a 69.9 overall grade. Max Crosby, who was 
arguably the best pass rusher in football last year, ranked 81st the year prior in 2020. So I don't know for sure that we can just crown him as the greatest in all of football, right? He was a fourth round pick. He had a 64 overall grade. Then he had a 57 overall grade, then a 91.7. Maybe he just figured it out. I don't know. Maybe he just suddenly became the best in football. Maybe there's a slight regression there. And by the way, Chandler Jones hasn't been an elite pass rusher since 2016. He's 32 years old. So just because you add guys like Bilal Nichols, who's a perfectly average defensive tackle, just because you add guys doesn't mean you massively improved and are suddenly elite. These are average football players. So adding Devontae Adams doesn't fix the fact that you have one of the worst offensive lines in football. It doesn't fix the fact that your defensive line outside of Max Crosby, who is destined for regression, is not a very good defensive line. It doesn't change the fact that your best defensive tackle is Denzel Perriman, who's been a terrible uh, linebacker for I don't know how long. Did I say linebackers? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Your linebackers are, are terrible. 63.9 overall grade. That's your best guy right there. Safeties. Trayvon Morig. Again, fine. Seems to, he had a good year, especially as a rookie second-round pick, 71 overall grade, ranked 22nd. I'm not mad at that. But Jonathan Abram has been an absolute disaster. And on top of being injured, I think, two years in a row. He's been a complete disaster. He ranks 75th out of 92. He's a, he was a terrible pick. And let's not forget, remember your coach just got fired last year and you're kind of like rebuilding this whole thing and you were kind of on the verge of just getting rid of your quarterback, but now you committed because you brought in Devontae Adams. This feels a lot like when you brought in um, Gruden and it was just this Hail Mary pitch of a 10-year contract and all this stuff uh, and hopefully it was going to fix everything, but it kind of didn't. This is just an, another Hail Mary swing and I don't know why. This is not a very good football team. But again, the Raiders are elite and the Packers are in trouble. Why? Because a wide receiver, a wide receiver, suddenly wide receiver became the most, the, the second most important position in football. You know why? Because people are just bored with everything else. Wide receivers exciting and the media likes exciting and the fans like exciting. So wide receivers are exciting and it's exciting and we get excited about being excited. You know what? The Raiders at their best under Gruden, you know what they did? They threw to their tight end and they ran the ball. That was when they were at their peak. They didn't have any wide receivers. They had none, but they crushed people. The Baltimore Ravens, they had really good tight ends and they ran the ball really well. They didn't have any freaking wide receivers. Now, I'm not saying you don't need wide receivers. It's important, but the obsession with you can't just have one, you need to have two or three or four. Okay, we'll get one, okay? And we'll have a second and a third and a fourth and we'll have wide receivers. But you know what else we can have on top? Here's the thing. For I don't know how many years we've played the quarterback wide receiver and one other thing game, right? We've had a really good quarterback, a really good wide receiver, and a really good offensive line. Really good quarterback, really good wide receiver, really good running back. Really good quarterback, really good wide receiver, really good pass rushers. We have really good quarterback, really good wide receiver, and like one other thing. And it just doesn't seem to pan out very well because there's weaknesses all over the place. We have the opportunity now to downgrade wide receiver a little bit. That doesn't mean we don't have good wide receivers or good enough wide receivers. We can go out in free agency and we can get a Julio Jones. Well, he's overpriced and he's, he's overrated. So what? We still have a guy that we can rely on. Let's just say or Jarvis, or whoever. He doesn't have to be Devontae. That's the whole freaking point of what I'm trying to say. And you go out in the draft and get a stud, and you have guys like Lazard and Randall and Amari who can be role players. By the way, this whole team was built on guys just being role players that step up when it matters. And Devontae was the only guy that really was a consistent presence. But again, when he went out, we continued to win. Why? Because this team isn't built on just having one good wide receiver. It's built on a system in which guys step up when they need to. You operate the system. But you know what? We have the opportunity now to go from a, a team that is a quarterback and a wide receiver, and we'll see what else we can manage, to a team that is just good. 
How about we worry about building out everything, not just quarterback wide receiver? I know Packer fans, that's all we know. All I know what to do is have a good quarterback and good wide receivers and everything else doesn't matter and that's all I know. Maybe we try something a little different. Maybe we don't have a top five wide receiver for the first time in 20 freaking years and we just see how it goes. That doesn't mean we have bad wide receivers. Maybe we have good wide receivers, but it doesn't have to be a top 10 guy every single year, every single year, every single year, every single year, every single year. Maybe we have a really good offensive line with really good running backs and we go out and find a really good tight end and we get a really good defensive line along with our really good pass rushers and really good uh, cornerbacks and really good linebackers. And maybe we get a little extra help at safety. Maybe we just build a really dominant team from top to bottom, as opposed to a team that is dependent on Rodgers and Devontae just having a real great great connection that day. And if they don't, we're in trouble because you just can't really depend on anything else. And we can't really stop the run. And this is inconsistent and we can't do that. And let's try to build a really good team from top to bottom. And yes, that does include wide receiver. But for the love of all things holy, that is not the only thing that matters, and I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of every mock draft having three wide receivers gone in the first four picks. I'm so sick of everybody saying, what are we going to do at wide receiver? Every every single time we talk about free agency or trade, we talk about wide receiver. Why can't we go out in free agency and get a, a tackle? We just lost Billy Turner and nobody gives a crap about a tackle. Nobody's considered that we spend some of this $22 million on a tackle. I'm not saying there's anybody available, but why is nobody even contemplating that? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Just wide receiver. That's all I care about. That's all I want is a wide receiver. Just give me a wide receiver. Give me DK Metcalf. I, I don't want the picks. I don't, I don't want the, the money anymore. Get rid of all of it. I, I, I need my security blanket of a wide receiver. The, t- the media, oh, this team is doomed. They're ruined. It's, I saw somebody say that we're in a rebuild now because Devontae's gone. I about lost my mind. A freaking rebuild? We have Aaron Rodgers. We have A.J. Dillon. We have Aaron Jones. We have David Bakhtiari. We have Elton Jenkins. We have um, Josh Myers. We've got Kenny. We've got Rashawn. We've got Stokes and Amos and Savage and Jair. And then, and then, and then, and then. It's not a rebuild. What are you talking about? A rebuild? Do you know what a rebuild is? What are people talking about? Everyone has lost their freaking minds. The point is, we still have one of the best teams in football. We lost a guy. We did. And it's a very big piece. It would have been no different if we had lost David Bakhtiari. It would have been no different if we had lost, you know, whoever. It's, it's a top tier piece that we lost. It is a piece. And he's not replaceable. He's just not. We're not going to work unless we get unbelievably lucky and find a guy as good as Justin Jefferson, which I have no expectation of. And by the way, it's not a requirement. It doesn't matter. We don't have to do that. There's a very good chance there is no Justin Jefferson in this class. There isn't one. You know how I know? Because there hasn't been a Justin Jefferson in basically any class outside of Justin Jefferson's class. And his name was Justin Jefferson. There are not guys that come out as rookies that are just best wide receiver in football. The only reason Justin Jefferson didn't come out as a rookie as the best wide receiver in football is because Devontae was the best. It's the only reason. If Devontae took, took a day off, Justin Jefferson would have been the top guy. But that's not a request. And I, I keep getting, well, who are they going to get? What are they going to do? You explain it to me. Who, who's, who's the veteran wide receiver that's going to be as good as Devontae? Who's the veteran wide receiver that's going to do this? You tell me. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you anything. Why do I have to tell you that? They, they, they don't exist. But so what? The goal is to build a good football team, not build the best wide receiver room in football. And what I'm telling you, you is that we have the opportunity to take a step back at wide receiver but use all of that extra capital, all of the 20... You know how much you can do with $20 million and a first and second round pick? You're telling me we can't build a better overall roster this year and in the future in particular, a better overall team with $20 million and two high picks. 
I just don't believe that. I don't. Now, obviously, if they just completely swing and miss on the first and second round pick, then yeah, that, that's going to suck. And there's a very good chance that one of these picks is not great. And you know what? I don't want to hear that either. That, that's going to be the other really obnoxious thing from some fans is, oh, we gave up Devontae for that guy? Real great pick, Gutekunst. Real nice. Real smart. We could have had Devontae, but instead we get Joe Schmo over here who got a 47 overall grade as a rookie. This is the worst thing in the world. We could have had Devontae. Blah, 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 blah. Again, the other thing to keep in mind, on top of the potential to make this a much better team, even without Devontae, on top of that is the reality that the salary cap does exist, is the reality that a team has to be built on two things, really talented, expensive veterans. In other words, the guys that you drafted that panned out and you paid to stick around and continue to dominate and really young, inexpensive talent. That's the other, one one of my absolute least favorite things that some fans do is try to argue that proven talent is more important than picks. Proven talent is more important than picks because picks aren't proven and proven is proven. That's true, but you're not talking about the full picture, are you? You're not talking about the long-term picture. You're not talking about the fact that this guy's peaked and is on the verge of regression. You're not talking about the fact that we're, we're differentiating between a guy making a million dollars and a guy making $30 million or $25 million or 20 or 15 or whatever he is against the cap each year. You're leaving all of that out. So let's do a quick exercise here. Let's, let's do this. Because you're right. You're absolutely right. The odds that our first and second round pick combined are as talented as what we got from Devontae are very, very low. Let's just leave out all the other details. Let's play your stupid game. You're right. So we should keep Devontae and we should keep Bakhtiari and we should keep uh, um, Kenny and all these guys that we're paying. We, we should keep those granted, right? And we should have kept Devontae. But why stop there? Why stop there? Why not go out and use all our picks for more proven talent? Would you rather have, uh, let's say, first round pick? We're just talking talent here. I'm not asking you to, to really think this through or be intelligent. I'm asking you, would you rather have a first round pick in terms of potential talent or go out and get an elite right tackle today? In terms of talent, the guy that you can go out that's a proven commodity, probably, although this happens all the time with trades and free agency, the guys fall off and it was a terrible move, but more than likely, you're probably safer going out and get a proven commodity. So we're going to use a first round pick on a, on a, um, on a right tackle. Let's say we use our other first round pick on a defensive tackle. So we got a, a, a top tier defensive tackle, mm-hmm. top tier right tackle. We use a second round pick on what? Let's say we use a second round pick on a proven top tier tight end. Boom, done. We got another second round pick. Let's say we go out and get a, uh, a great wide receiver, right? We're going to go out and get a wide receiver with a second round pick, a, a solid guy. We use a third round pick on a proven right guard. So we're going to give up all our picks and some of next year's picks. Let's say we use next year's first round pick for another wide receiver. So we used our second round pick and a next year's first round pick, and we, we loaded up on wide receiver. We got a tight end. We built out the offensive line. We got the defensive line figured out. We got our pass rushers figured out. We got corners. We got safeties. We got linebackers. Let's say we use another pick, let's say a fourth or a a next year third or whatever to get a second linebacker to go along with Campbell. We got to use picks to get a new kicker because we're probably going to move on from him anyways for whatever reason. We should use more picks to get a new punter. We use more picks to get... So so this team is stacked. We gave away all our, our, our picks. Are we a better team? Yes, we are. Can anybody tell me what the problem with this is? Can anybody tell me what the problem with this is? Can't afford it. You can't afford it. It's, it's, it's impossible to pay all of them. So... Although this is obvious, it doesn't seem to be obvious to everybody who says you don't need picks, you just need players. No, you absolutely need both. The fact of the matter is, and I've gone through this before, if you look at the salary cap, 
every team that's basically out of money has at the most five guys making 10 million or more. Some teams have like two or three, depending on, you know, how much you're paying those two, you know, you might have a pass rusher and an edge rusher, uh, pass rusher, and a pass rusher and a quarterback that are eating it all up. And then the next guy's making nine and a half ish. The vast majority of your roster is filled with picks contributors some guys that are elite but are on rookie contracts some guys that are just role players that are not elite but are also on either cheap or rookie contracts guys like Devondre that are super cheap not not cheap anymore because you you pay some guys to stay but now for every guy you pay to stay you got to find three or four guys that you're not paying a bunch of money to the the vast 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 majority of a roster is filled with guys that are not making massive amounts of money therefore the most important thing a GM can do is not go out and find a guy that you pay $20 million to and throw picks away to. Any moron can do that. Any absolute moron can do that. A guy that's going to build a roster has to be able to find cheap talent. And the better talent you can find for cheap, the better off your team is going to be. And the easiest way to do that is not to go find the Razul Douglases and the Devondre Campbells because that's nearly a fool's errand. That's nearly impossible. That almost never happens. Kudos to Brian Gutekunst and his staff for finding two of those guys in one year. The easiest way to do that is in the draft where you have potential elite talent that can't make $50 million because they have these contracts figured out where you make, you know, as a, you get paid based on where you get drafted. So you might get a million or two million, depending on where you get drafted, whatever. It's the easiest way to find really young, really top tier talent for really cheap. You have to have, again, for every guy making $20 million, you got to find 10 guys making a million or less that can contribute. So yes, no freaking duh. If you had to choose just from a talent standpoint, not paying attention to the $28 million, not paying attention to anything else's age or any of that, if you just look at talent, would you rather have a first and second round pick or Devontae? Which do you think is going to pan out more? It's probably Devontae. But that's not the entirety of the question. The question is, how do you build the best possible roster? And the biggest issue for the Packers is they were getting entirely too top heavy. You're getting too top heavy. It's hard to keep up with all the top-end talent and backfill all of it because these guys are going to have to start leaving at some point. You're going to have to start staggering it because you can't pay all these guys at the same time. So you need to start rounding out the bottom-end talent. And they've done a good job. They've got Rashawn. They've got Jair. They've got Elton Jenkins. They've got A.J. Dillon. They've got a bunch of really young, talented guys that are not making money. Grant Jair is about to be paid very soon. But you need the next batch now. Because as you start paying Jair and Rashawn and Elton Jenkins and these guys a bunch of money, the other crew has to go. Bye-bye, Devante. Bye-bye, David Bakhtiari. You know, bye-bye, whoever. There has to be a turning over. You can't pay 17 different guys 15 to $30 million. You just can't do that. That's what this is. This is a constant revolving door. You pay, there, there's, these guys get paid now. Okay, so now we need a new batch. And you're always run the risk of, if you, have a, if you don't have that batch underneath, you're done. That's what's made the Packers so brilliant all these years. Everybody wants to make it like it's not a big deal to be relevant for 30 years. Of course it is. You know how impossible it is to continually feed this fire with young talent year after year after year after year so that when one group leaves, another group is ready to to, to step up and get those big contracts. And as those guys step up to get the big contracts, we got new young talent to fill out the the bottom 90% of the roster to make this a really good team. It's not just the quarterbacks. They've always done a good job of building out. That is the most 
important but also underappreciated job of a team and of a GM. And the Packers have always done a great job. And we now have massive ammunition to be able to do that. Massive ammunition to 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 secure the bottom portion of the roster as all this young talent becomes expensive and we start to lose some of the older talent. It's not a guarantee, but we're putting ourselves in a fantastic position to round out the young, cheap talent that's going to be there for the next five, six, seven, eight years. The guys that are going to be the next batch of really big contracts that we're going to have to try to navigate. But it's just a constant, never-ending, revolving door. And all we care about is top end, top end, top end, top end. Nobody cares about building out the foundation. Nobody cares about what supports this team, which is the bottom 90% of the roster. You cannot have 52, 3, 4, 5, 6 guys, or 40, or 30 guys that are elite players making 20 million plus a year. It's impossible. You can't do it. So yes, I know you you feel like you're sounding intelligent by saying, well, we would be better if we just gave up picks for players. Well, freaking duh, dude. That's not the point though. That's you can't build a team that way. It's why the Bears sucked. Well, the Rams won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I get it. They 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 did. They went all in. They gave up all their picks. They did it and and they hit a Super. That's true. I'm not willing to risk all that. Right? It's it's <laughs> I've used this analogy a million times. You could use it as a stock market analogy, whatever. It, it, it would be like, you know, again, if you're playing blackjack and you get an 18 and you hit and a three comes up and you're like, boom, I thought you said don't hit, son. Oh, what happened to your math? What happened to your stupid uh, little blackjack chart that told you you shouldn't hit? I just hit and got a three and got a 21 and I would have lost on an 18, wouldn't I? Nobody wins on an 18. You got to roll the dice, son. Play for keeps here. Okay. Well, you won and you're still an idiot. That's that's the answer to the question. I don't know I don't know how to how to change that. I know you won't accept that as the answer, but it is. Congratulations on being an idiot and getting lucky and winning. So, anyways, that's kind of where I stand on this. Is it, it it's there's a lot of positives to this. The picks are positive, the money is positive, but there's also the the fact that there was a major negative component to keeping Devonte, and we all kind of were just in a in a spot where we accepted that that was just our reality that we were just going to be dead broke for as many years as we decided to keep running this thing back. Those are our options. Tear it down now, have a year of poverty, and then next year we have money and we have, you know, not really any more picks because presumably we're not really trading anybody. I don't really know. But, you know, we just, we have some money. We try to pick up the pieces and we'll see how it goes. Or we just keep running it back. We keep getting more and more poor. We keep getting less and less talented and hope that we just get lucky with, with a team. But this is a, a completely different option. We're not in that world anymore. That in and of itself is a positive. Without any picks panning out, without going out in free agency, the fact that we are no longer in that position is in and of itself a positive. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I ran polls on in Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Patreon. Facebook is stupid, and it won't let me see any of the options, so I don't know that I can give you an answer. Let me switch my profile to myself and see if I can... There we go. All right, now, now I had to vote to be able to do it, but... Um, I'm actually a little surprised. Most people are, so the, the options are love it, hate it, or we'll see. So good, bad, or in, not really sure yet. Um, some people want to be nitpicky about it. Well, I'm, I'm in between, so I can't vote. I right, find the no vote. I don't care. It's just, just talking in generalities here. In every case, I think so far, the majority says love it. Um, except on Twitter where most people say we'll see. And again, this is how I know this is going to be a disaster. Everybody is saying we'll see with one thing in mind. If it turns out that we spend the money and draft the picks and they end up being better than Devontae, then I'll be fine with it. Otherwise, I hate it. And here's the thing. Rookies are almost never very... Jair Alexander. People continue to refuse to acknowledge this. Jair Alexander was not a super great player as a rookie. Rashawn Gary was not a super good player as a rookie. A.J. Dillon didn't show us a ton. Kenny Clark didn't hardly even start until the end of the season as a rookie. Now you go back, granted, we were in a kind of a dark era of not very many good players to begin with with all these draft picks, but um, Devontae himself was not good until, what, year three? And so that, that I'm just anticipating players that are, you know, and, and God forbid any of the first four picks not playing week one, especially if there are any of the, the you know, picks that we got from the Raiders. That will be the absolute death blow for some fans. We could have had Devontae Adams, and instead we got one guy that's mediocre and one guy on the bench. This is the worst move in all of history. And again, I'm saying that because I'm looking at Twitter right now in particular, 60% say we'll see. And again, what are they waiting on? Who are we going to get? There's no free agents out there right now that are going to make up for Devontae zero. First of all, as I said, there's no guarantee that we're getting... MVS, I'm sorry, I, I, you know I'm not a big fan of MVS. I would much rather have him for $8 million than $15 million, but I don't know that I want him for 8 
He has never been a reliable deep threat for this team. He and Rodgers, after all these years, have never gotten in sync. Rodgers cannot hit him to save his life. He cannot throw to him. He cannot gauge the speed. He cannot figure it out. I don't know what it is. He's never, ever been a reliable deep threat for the Packers. That in no way whatsoever is going to fix our situation. And to spend eight of our $22 million, and granted, if it's a multi-year deal, then, you know, it's not going to actually be eight, but it might be a one-year deal, and that means it is eight. And that sucks, because that brings us down to basically having no money left. Because you want to carry, you know, eight-ish million into the season, plus we have to pay our draft picks. We're basically out of money. Congratulations, you get MVS back. That sucks. I'm not interested. Julio Jones, well, that's going to be a lot of money, and, you know, he didn't play very well last year, and he's old, and he's watching... Jarvis Landry, well, he's got an injury history, and he's just a slot guy, and he wasn't very good last year. Odell Beckham, well, he's injured. He's not even going to play until November. And, you know, David Bakhtiari didn't play all year. He's probably not even going to play all year. No matter what it is, you're going to whine about it. So it doesn't matter. So there is no free agent acquisition that's going to make some people happy, and I don't think there's any draft picks that are going to make people happy. And yeah, maybe after two to three years when you finally look back at the full picture and you see Devontae declining and you see that we've got some guys that are starting to step up and you look at the cap health and all that stuff, you're like, you know what? In hindsight, that was pretty good, but I'm still going to have to deal with suffering through the nonsense for a year or two of hearing people complain about how it was a horrible pick because so-and-so didn't pan out and we could have had Devontae. There is a world in which you look at the situation today and say it was a good pick. I don't know what we do in free agency. I don't know what we do in the draft, but it was still the right thing. He didn't want to be here, number one. He's getting to be 30 years old and is about to start his descent. Maybe not this year. Maybe it's next year. I don't know, but that's also a reality. Also, we really couldn't afford him. Now, Ken Ingles did come out with a report that in reality, it's more of a three-year deal, not a five-year deal worth more closer to $22 million a year, and it was kind of a fake contract. Now, that makes it much more palatable, but that still is very expensive given our cap situation. Could we have afforded it? Of course we could have. But again, I don't need to know who our draft picks are to know that Devontae Adams is going to be unbelievably expensive and did not want to be here. And we ended up getting unbelievable compensation that nobody thought we could get, a first and a second round pick, and it zeroes out our cap hit against him to move on from a guy that never wanted to be here and and wanted to be a Raider no matter what, presumably already bought a house there, was dead set on it, he's a lifelong fan of the Raiders and wants to go play with one of his best friends at quarterback. Again, I don't need to know who the draft picks are to know that we got a haul. I think waiting to find out how it turns out is the wrong way to view it. There's a right answer now. It's the same with the Jordan Love thing. People want to look at the situation now and go backwards and say it was a bad decision. No, it was the right decision at the time. You don't make decisions based on what the future is because you don't know what the future is. That's stupid. You make decisions based on the information you have at the time. People wanting to Monday morning quarterback things is ridiculous. Pretending that Aaron Rodgers was an MVP at the time we drafted Jordan Love is silly. You had a guy that was declining, a team that was falling apart, and a guy that was not happy and didn't want to be on the team. And so you take a swing at the best guy on your board just in case things go south, which it certainly appears they are. If you look at the information they have at the time, it makes the most sense. If you look at the information in terms of which would you rather have, Devontae and all that comes with that, or the picks and the money and all that comes with that, the right answer is to move on from Devontae. It's the right answer. Period. End of story. If things don't pan out, that sucks. But that doesn't answer the question, what is the right thing to do at this time, given this information? It's, 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 it's very much like, let's say, the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing the New York Jets, right? Really, really good team against really, really bad team. And I'm doing my podcast, and on Saturday I say, 
the Jets don't have a chance. The Jets are going to get annihilated. Obviously, it's not even worth talking about. Tampa Bay is one of the premier teams in the league. The Jets are garbage. And the Jets go on to win. Am I mad at my analysis? Of course I'm not. Why would I be mad at my analysis? Because I was correct in every single thing I said. It's, of course it's possible that the underdog ends up winning, but I wasn't wrong with anything I said. That Tampa is a premier team and the Jets are a joke. That they have a, that the Buccaneers have a better quarterback, better wide receivers, better offensive line, better defensive line, better, 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 better coaching staff, better everything. Every single element of that is true, and the conclusion, therefore, prior to the game, is that the Buccaneers are the better bet. And if anybody offers you even money on the Jets over the Buccaneers, you should take that. And if you end up taking my advice and losing money and you come back and call me an idiot, you can do what you want to do. But I was right about every single thing I said. The fact that you can Monday morning quarterback it after the fact and say you you were wrong and what you should have said is the Jets are the better team and the Jets have a better quarterback. No, because that would be wrong. That would have been incorrect. Even knowing now, after the fact that the Jets won, I still wouldn't go back and say that the Jets are the better team and the Jets are more likely to win. At best, I could time travel and say, listen, this is this is going to sound stupid, but just bet on the Jets. Just do it. I, I can't explain it. I saw the future. It's nuts. It's never going to happen again, but just do it, okay? But you're wrong if you're saying my analysis was wrong. It was not wrong. It was right at the time. And at this moment, the right move is to move on from Devontae, regardless of how the picks turn out, regardless of how the money pans out. It does not, we do not have to go out in free agency and find somebody better than Devontae in order for this to have been a good move. We do not have to draft six wide receivers and have the best wide receiver room in football. Otherwise, this was a terrible disaster. I'm starting to feel that energy out there and it's already annoying the crap out of me. We do not have Devontae. You have to move on from that. We do not have the best wide receiver in football. We will not have the best wide receiver in football this year. Get over it. That's not in the cards. Again, Jets versus Buccaneers thing. There is that 1% chance that we get lucky and hit on a Justin Jefferson, or we go out in free agency and get Jarvis, and he just has a freakish resurgence and is the best wide receiver in football, and there's this weird thing. Yes, there's a 1% chance, but here's what you need to acknowledge. We do not have Devontae. We will not have a top 10 receiver this year, and you're going to have to get over it. It's not in the cards. Our goal is to build a really good team without having a top 10 wide receiver. Let it go. For the love of God, can you please just let it go. Let it go. There are other things. Let's focus on offensive line. Let's focus on literally anything other than wide receiver for once in our lives. It's so unbelievably boring and obnoxious. Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. God, shut it. Can we talk about guard? Does anybody care about the fact that we desperately need some guards because we need to protect Aaron Rodgers so that he's not under constant duress? And gee, would it be nice if our really good running backs actually could run the ball? They have the highest grades of any. A.J. Dillon was the highest graded running back in football. Why doesn't anybody know it? Because he didn't go anywhere. Because he got hit after three inches. Yards before contact was three inches. I made that up, but it's it's legitimately. I mean, he he smacked into a guy instantly and pushed him back three yards. That was everything. Wouldn't it be nice if there was a hole there once in a while that he could run through and get 10, 15, 20-yard gains? Wouldn't it be nice to see a 60-yard scamper for a touchdown just once, ever? No, we don't care because we just want Devante, 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 Devante. Jeez. Do we want a tight end? Do we want a tackle? Do we, do we want, you know, a guy next to Kenny anymore? Do we give up on that? Getting a defensive tackle next to Kenny? Have we given up on the prospect of potentially getting a, a top-tier edge rusher? I love Preston, but he's not going to be here forever. And just having a, a third guy who's actually better than Preston, having elite pass rushers. Wasn't that fun last year when we speculated that that would be the case, although we never actually really got to see it because everybody was hurt all the time. But gee, that would be great, wouldn't it? We're just giving up on everything else, and all we will care about is wide receiver, and it's just getting boring. 
I know it's new and I know it's a, a big thing and everybody's initially panicking, but I'm ready for everyone to move on. I know we got to do something, but we're going to do something. And it's not going to be Devante. And again, this is why I'm, I'm slightly annoyed with the whole DK Metcalf thing. I'm not even entirely opposed to it. If we do it, that's cool. It's not my preference by a mile, but I mean, if we do it, I'm going to get excited. Hey, we got DK. So we got a number one guy. He's a top tier wide receiver. I mean, he's, he's real good. He's not Devante, but he's real good. And he's obviously a lot cheaper than Devante. So it's a, it's a step down, cheaper version of Devante. We got it. We got a guy and we didn't have to go psycho with all the, the, the payment and all that kind of stuff. And we get to keep some of the picks. But the reason I'm annoyed with it is we get rid of Devante and everyone's like, no, 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 no. Get rid of the picks and get rid of the money. I don't want any of this. Give me a wide receiver. I don't care. I want to go, go, go get DK and somebody else. Get, get rid of all these picks and all this money. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to rush back into the hell we were in? Where we have $2 million and we, we don't even know how. We're going to have to squeeze contracts and cut guys and, and restructure every single contract on this team just so we can pay our draft picks. I don't want to go back there again. And everybody's so hell-bent on going back there. Just, I don't want all this. It's like, it's like the, the, the picks and the money make us uncomfortable. Why do we have all this? Go get players. I don't want, ugh, ugh, money. Get out of here. Go get me DK. Go get anybody. I don't care. Find the best guy. Give him all the picks and all the money. I don't want them. Give, give, give me a, my, my wide receiver blanket. I want to feel warm and cozy with my wide receiver. Guys, we, I, I, again, we have only ever known the Packers to be a team with great quarterbacks and great wide receivers. Again, you have to go pre-Sterling Sharp, pre-Sterling Sharp. And there's been, you know, varying degrees of how good good is and, you know, with injuries and this, that, and the other. But to go back to a time when the Packers just didn't have wide receivers, pre-Sterling Sharp. We're talking before I was born. And, and for quarterback, obviously, it starts with Brett Favre. So as soon as Brett Favre stepped up into the pocket, we have had top-tier wide receiver, top-tier quarterback, and that's all we've ever had, that's all we've ever known. You know what? We might have that again. And if we don't, it'll probably be a pretty short period of time before we find somebody that's really quality. But the level of panic, rather than the level of optimism about building a team and utilizing these picks to really just improve, because here's the other thing. We have a really good team. We really do. And I'm not going through the whole thing again. I just, I've, like six times already, I've listed the quarterback, the, the, all the players that we have that are really good. But the potential to improve everything. We have a decent offensive line. We can make it better. We have a really solid defensive line. We can make it better. We've got a great linebacker. Maybe we can find him a partner. We've got really good corners. Maybe we get another one. Maybe we find a slot guy. I like our safeties. Maybe we add another. Maybe we genuinely, for the first time in, I don't know, ever, just get a truly, really awesome tight end. Maybe. I don't know. But rather than like thinking about those things, we just want to sit here and obsess about wide receiver and, and say, I'm, you know, people are on the verge of getting very upset because it's been two days and we don't have a Devontae replacement and I am ready to burn this thing to the ground. Like, all right, we can't be friends, man. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I can't hang out with you people because <laughs> this is too much for me. It's too much. Like, this is crazy. And again, the, 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 the biggest thing that makes me nervous is I can tell you with confidence today that the odds that those two picks from the Raiders are as good as Devontae are well below 50%. I'm telling you that right now. And if, and if your expectation is they have to be better or I'm going to just, you know, lose my mind, just do it now. Get the temper tantrum out of the way now. Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to deal with it. If at this point you can't comprehend how these things work, about finding young talent and allowing them time to develop and grow, and the importance of having young, cheap talent so that you can support a team that has some top-heavy elements. If you can't grasp any of that because all you care about is if we get rid of Devontae, we need to find somebody that's Devontae, 
then we just have different perspectives on things, and I don't want to hear it from you. I've given you my perspective today. I don't want to hear in September, October, November, December how pathetic those picks were and how pathetic that move was and how we should have kept Devontae because look how good he is in, in, in over there, and we got a guy that's injured and another guy that, that only plays half the time, and I'm, I'm fed up, and this is terrible, and he's the worst GM. I don't want to hear it. This is not we get an elite player or bust for me. It's not. There has never been that I can recall in recent memory, including some of the best picks that Gutekunst has had, there has not been a guy that we have drafted in the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round that has come in and made an impact that would make it worth it to get rid of Devontae. It's never happened. Again, including Jair. We could draft Jair this year. Let's say the Jair of wide receivers. And everybody would be furious. You know why? Because Jair as a rookie wasn't great. And we could draft a wide receiver and he has a, a year similar to, oh, I don't know, a guy like Amari Rogers. And everybody writes him off and says, this was a terrible pick. This was horrible. Gutekunst is a joke, et cetera, et cetera. Because that's what we do for some reason as fans. We write people off after five minutes and say this was terrible. And everybody's looking at those two picks. And it's not just going to be Packer fans. It's going to be the media and everybody else. And the media is going to hammer it. And the fans are going to buy into it. And it's going to be this death spiral of Packer fans hating the Packers again. And I'm just getting fed up with that. Again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Bears fans are better fans than Packer fans are. Bears fans support their team even through stupidity because they're fans of their team. Packer fans are dominant, elite, and awesome all the time. They have a GM that makes amazing moves, amazing picks, and 60% of the fan base hates the guy. We have one of the best quarterbacks in football. At least 50% of the fan base can't stand Aaron Rodgers. We are an angry, pathetic bunch of whiny fans, and I'm tired of it. If you don't want to support the team... Go away. I just don't want to hear it anymore. Well, I'm a realist, man. I do. Uh, okay. All right. Go be a realist. Don't talk to me about it, though. I'm tired of it. I'm trying to be. And everybody was excited the first day. But again, I did the poll and I can just see it. At the same time, people are, are starting to get upset. Where's the pick? Why aren't they doing anything? What's going on? Right. You used to just have the super negative people asking those questions. Now it's been two days, 48 hours, whatever. And now you got a bunch of the fan. But what's going on? They haven't done anything. Why haven't they done it? There goes Juju. We lost Juju, which suddenly we wanted Juju. Same thing with Allen Robinson. Oh, great. Allen Robinson's gone. When did we want Allen Robinson? Who wanted Allen Robinson all of a sudden? But every time a guy goes bye-bye, suddenly we, we this is a disaster. Oh, no, we should have kept Devontae. This is a nightmare. Take a deep breath, man. All right? It's going to be okay relax. We have a lot of money. Brian Gutekunst is going to spend the money. We're going to add to this roster. We're going to add talent. And we have an amazing, fun, and exciting draft season coming up. And I just want to be excited. I just want to enjoy it. All right? Let me enjoy it. If you don't want to enjoy it, if you want to pout and moan and complain and whine and do all that stuff, go away from me. I don't want to hear it. I'm excited. And I want to be excited because I'm a Packer fan. I'm not a Devontae fan. I love Devontae. Best of luck. I'm glad you're with your buddies. I'm glad you made a bunch of money. I'm glad you and your family are in a place you want to be. I'm super happy for you. I hope you have success. Congratulations. We are in an unbelievable spot right now. An unbelievable spot. And I don't want to hear about the potential that it doesn't work out and, and, and we don't win and all that. So I, don't, I don't want to hear that. There are 31 fan bases that are excited about the potential of everything that can happen to make them a great team. There's only one fan base that I'm aware of that's sitting here looking at all this amazing potential. One of the best rosters already today in football that just got $20 million and an additional first and second round pick. And all we can think about is the potential that things don't go great. Yeah, but what if we don't draft well? You know what? I don't know, man. You, you go ahead and ponder that. I don't, I don't need to live with that level of misery. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I mean, not, not to pick on anybody in particular, Nick, love you, man. But just to give you an idea of one of the responses I just got on Twitter, 
I'm at the Will C stage. I love Devontae and I want him to do well in Vegas. But those picks we got, I hope they turn into Chase or Jefferson, LOL. And maybe he's joking. There's an LOL in there. I don't know. But Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. This is the expectation at what, pick 22? You, th- those are two of the best wide receivers drafted in like the last 10, 15 years. I don't know. And that's the expectation. I hope we get that. I mean, hope, yes. I hope so too. But I don't think those guys exist in this draft. And if they do, the odds that we're the one, there be 32 teams. Only one of the 32 teams is going to get that guy if he even exists. And again, the, the idea that the, the <laughs> there is the possibility the Packers don't draft a wide receiver in the first round. Again, this isn't by design, but the Packers are not a team that is going to force themselves into a position to say, we don't really like any of these wide receivers, but we just have to, so we're going to. If they don't like the wide receivers available and they don't feel they're a good value at that spot, they're not going to draft a wide receiver. I'm very sorry to tell you that. So whatever it is you got to emotionally do to prepare for, for what's going on, do it now, okay? Because, you know, if, if you want to be a realist, the reality is Devontae ain't in this draft class right? He just isn't. I mean, there might be a Devante two, three years down the road. It becomes one of the top guys. But um, the odds that at pick 22, we're going to draft the next Devante Adams and he's going to be Devante Adams in year one. I'm sorry, dude. It's, I'm, I'm comfortable telling you it's not going to happen. So emotionally prepare for that, please. So we don't have to deal with your meltdown in November. Can we do that? All right. Again, I, I don't want to just sit here and attack people, but I'm, 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 I'm just sensing it. I'm sensing it going in a direction, and I'm going to say this one time, and then I'm going to move on with being excited. Well, you're just being stupid and optimistic. I, I just told you I don't expect them to be elite, but I can still be excited about the position we're in. I, I want to think about this for a second, just, just to give you some perspective as to a little bit why I'm excited, but also optimistic that this is going to turn out positively. We've been through this many times with the Packers, right? And, and granted, nobody's 100% perfect, whatever. But think about the fear and the trepidation and the anxiety we had when things were going poorly for the Packers and we had to find a new GM. The odds that we were going to find a good GM were very low. We ended up getting Brian Gutekunst, and I don't really care what you think. The guy has been an absolute stud. Then we had to hire a new coach, and the odds of us hiring a very good coach were low because most new coaches are not very good, as evidenced by the fact that every coach, aside from one that was, that was taken and hired in the year that Matt LaFleur was hired, was a pretty terrible coach. There was one guy, though, that was a fantastic hire, and it's the guy that Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy brought in, and his name is Matt LaFleur, and he's been an absolute stud for our team. The problem was the team was in a bit of a not a great way. The team that Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson had built had become a disaster. The locker room had fallen apart. All the talent had left. The drafting had gone south. The, the, the free agent acquisitions were just kind of horrible. Again, all due respect to Ted Thompson, but things had gone south rapidly. The prospect of a quick turnaround while Aaron Rodgers was still on the team was low. Rodgers was not playing very well. The team overall was falling apart. Rodgers was unhappy. And, and just how do you even turn this thing around quickly? You, you kind of can't, right? It's, it's impossible. These things take time. Well, he cut a bunch of players, and then he went out in free agency with not a ton of money. He didn't have $50 million to sit on. I don't exactly remember what he had, but it, it was not, I don't even think we were at 30. I think we were kind of hovering in that 20 range which is why I'm excited about having $20 million, because although it's not much, you can do a lot with it. And what happened? You get a new coach, you sign some players to stick around, like David Bakhtiari and a few others, like we're going to secure these guys here. You get guys like Zadarius, Preston, Amos, Billy Turner, right? That's the core. That was that big thing. You go out and get Mike Patton, 
Might not have been the greatest defensive coordinator of all time, but it did help in terms of turning the team around, giving a new mentality, a new energy, teaching the Packers that you can be a defensive-led team. It's still kind of offensive-led, but the defense formed its own identity for the first time in forever. It used to be a bad defense that maybe had some good days, but either way, Aaron Rodgers was the only thing that mattered. And if, if, if Rodgers wasn't there or had a bad day, the defense fell off because everything was revolved around Aaron Rodgers. This was a defense that had its own identity. They had their own swagger. They had their own energy. Then they goes out and drafts guys like Jair that are cornerstone pieces. Drafts guys like Rashawn that have become cornerstone pieces. Brought in guys like Razul Douglas and Devondre Campbell that have become cornerstone pieces. But that's later on. The the point is, at that point, it was a one-year turnaround. Just instantly, the Packers are back on top, win 13 games. New coach, a couple new players, bing, bang, boom, we're already there. And now we get to this point, and it's like, what are we going to do? You can't do a quick turnaround now. I don't know what we're going to do. It looks like this is, you know, rather than... um, Moving on and acknowledging that the Aaron Rodgers era is over, we're, we're, we're going to continue on and we're just going to keep getting worse. And it was funny, I saw uh, Matt Ramage on Facebook. I, I keep seeing him comment on things. I don't know why I get notifications Matt Ramage commented on this random thing, but he, he posted somewhere, the Packers were not in a rebuild. I don't know what I was even referencing, but I commented on that and I said, yes, they were. It lasted a week. <laughs> and really, that's true. The Packers are in complete flux. We don't have a quarterback. We don't have a wide receiver. We don't have anything. What did we do? We signed Aaron. It might have been more than a week, but we signed Aaron Rodgers. We move on from Devontae. Suddenly, we have a bunch of picks. We have a bunch of money. We still have our quarterback. We still have the entire team, basically. If you if you assume Zadarius wasn't there last year, we have our entire team minus Devontae, and we have money, and we have picks. So there's there's nothing even really to rebuild, but this is this is what we've done with nothing. The, the really small odds of being able to find a good GM, the really small odds of being able to get a good um, coach, the, the really small odds of being able to turn this thing around and do it quickly. I mean, turn it around at all. We had a losing season the year before Matt LaFleur's first where we won 13 games. A losing season. More losses than wins is what that means. And we turned it around in a year. So yes, there is still some level of optimism that, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like the two things combined. Imagine going all the way back, we're kind of resetting back to 2018, except this time, instead of with a a team with a losing record, we have a 13-win team, a really top-tier team with all that money and even more picks than we've ever had. This is is potentially the best situation we've ever been in, the most talent and the most potential to build. And I've done that before in the offseason when you look at it and say, who has the most optimistic outlook for the future. And you look at different teams and you say, okay, here's the talent you have and here's the ability to build. And you look at those two things combined and, and you know, the youth of your team and all that stuff and you, you put together a picture. And the Packers are going down, 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 down on that list because of the fact that we were running out of, out of money and we're getting older. We keep resigning the old guys and all this stuff. We keep pushing out money to keep, you know, it's, it's making me a little bit nervous and, and the really young talent is becoming older and expensive. So it's getting less and less optimistic. And then here we come with this situation. And I'm telling you, this is potentially the best situation we've been in. And yes, there is an element of, well, it depends how, and of course, that's, that's the biggest question. It depends how it goes. That's independent of, was it the right decision to move on to, from Devante? The answer to that is yes. But the point is, we are in the best potential position we've ever been in to have an elite team. If all the picks and all the free agent acquisitions miss, that sucks. And we're basically where we were kind of last year, minus Devontae, but we missed out on Devontae a bunch of times, won all those games. So we take a step back, but we were always expecting to take a step back because that was the whole thing we were headed toward anyway. The team, we keep running it back, but with lesser and lesser talent every year because we just don't have any money, right? But why don't we look at it from, op- from the optimistic standpoint of every time this team has been given 
the the potential to do something. Even last year, when you look at last year and say, we didn't have any money, we had no ability to add anybody, they still went out and found Razul Douglas, and they still went out and found Devondre Campbell. With no ability to add to this team, they still added to the team. And that doesn't even include the fact that we went out and got Eric Stokes and we got Josh Myers. And the, the jury's out on Amari and Royce and TJ Slayton that everybody seems to have forgotten about, right? Kylan Hill, by the way, love Kylan Hill. Who knows what these guys are going to turn into? And by the way, Josiah DeGuara, I still haven't given up on him. John Runyon, what is his potential upside? He was actually quite good last year. There are guys that are on this team that still are young and have some potential to grow and, and improve. So there's their growth. On top of who else we're going to be bringing in, again, la- I keep repeating myself, but last year we had no money and no prospect of bringing anybody in that was going to make an impact. And look what Brian Gutekunst and his staff were able to do. This year we have a lot of money. Trust the process. Don't worry so much about the big names. Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas were not big names until they came to Green Bay and made a name for themselves here in Green Bay. Let these guys, the coaching staff, and everybody work together to say, who are the guys that are going to fit what we do here? It's not about who are the best guys. It's about who's best for us. Devondre's not one of the best guys, but he's one of the best guys here in Green Bay because of what we do here. Allow Joe Barry the opportunity to say, that guy in this system, that's what we need. Allow Matt LaFleur to say, that guy in this system would be a star. Allow them the time to figure that out. Allow them the time to figure out what would be the best moves for us here and do the same thing in the draft. Trust the process. You're right. Maybe it won't pan out. But we have never been in a better position ever to have a team that is this good and have this much money and have this many picks. This is the best possible spot, and all we can do is say, Devontae, no, we lost Devontae, we're doomed, we're in a rebuild. What What are you talking about? It's doom and gloom, there's no reason to be doom and gloom. We are in a better spot than we were in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, when we had no money. We're just running back the same team with no money and no ability to build on what we had. We can build now, and we still have everybody except Devontae. The offseason is the time for optimism, for, for blind optimism. Just do it. Just go enjoy it. There's nothing you can do to control anything. And by the way, you have no idea. So if we do go get Julio, I don't want to hear anybody, well, he's washed up. That was a stupid pick. If we do get Jarvis, or if we get just some nobody, somebody you've never heard of, and you think we overpaid him, yes, I'm going to also be a little upset about it, but let's, let's remind ourselves how we felt about all these acquisitions that the Packers have made. In fact, when we get guys that everybody seems to like, those are the ones that usually don't pan out. It's the ones that we don't like. Nobody was voting for Brian Gutekunst. Nobody was voting for Matt LaFleur. Nobody was voting for Devondre Campbell or Razul Douglas. People loved Christian Kirksey. That didn't work out very well, right? People loved it when we made big splashes for guys like Martellus Bennett. That sucked. People loved it when we went out and got Jimmy Graham. That sucked. People love these big splashes that don't pan out, but it's all these little guys that they go out and do, right? Even the draft picks. Jair, that was a little early. I don't know. Rashawn, no, dude, not Rashawn. Anybody at Rashawn. Go get Brian Burns, not Rashawn. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you find one or two guys who are like, no, 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 I said I wanted them. No, 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 I liked the pick. Fine. But the fan base as a whole, these are not names that people liked. Eric Stokes was not a name that people liked. It wasn't. Nobody liked Eric Stokes. They do now. Nobody liked A.J. Dillon. They do now. So allow them to do moves that you don't like and let's see how it works. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Let's, let's just relax 
accept the fact that Devontae is gone and we are not going to have a top 10 wide receiver. We might, but let's just try to get to a place where we can mentally and emotionally handle the prospect of not having a top 10 wide receiver and move on from there. And let's see what we do. Let's give them the opportunity to build a team that doesn't have a top 10 roster or a top 10 wide receiver, but maybe can have a top 10 roster. If we have a top five offense and a top five defense, but don't have a top 10 wide receiver, are you going to cry about that? No. So let's just, let's just see what happens. Okay? Let's wait. It is March freaking 19th. March 19th. We don't need to be given ultimatums. Fine. You can get rid of Devontae, but if you don't draft Jamar Chase at pick 22, you're an idiot. Let's not do that. No ultimatums. Give it time. Be patient. Anyways, I think I've made my point. Um, again, sorry for the random ad, but that I just, I just kind of went on a tangent and looked up and it's been an hour. So um, we're going to wrap it up. And I, I understand how this episode sounded. And I don't want to make it entirely about just scolding you. But what I'm trying to get you to do is, is be excited and see the positive in this and see the good in this and see the potential in this. That's what football is about, is, is about the excitement of the potential. So many people get wrapped up in being angry about the result, right? All week long, rather than saying, we could win, I'm excited, I can't wait to watch this guy play, I can't wait to see this play, I can't wait, to, I can't wait until Sunday, I'm so excited about it. Instead, what we get are fans that say, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, why are you speculating, stop being stupid, you don't actually know what's going to happen, stop talking about the game, this is dumb, and then Sunday happens, and whether we win or lose, people want to just point out the bad. We lost. Well, that sucked. That was horrible. That was a joke. This team isn't going anywhere. I hate this. this da, 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 da. Or if we win, they, uh, yeah, but we got lucky. Look at how bad. We're never going anywhere with this special team. You got to just give that up, man. There is going to be a day when the Packers aren't winning. That's going to happen. Maybe it's next year or the year after that or the year. Maybe it's this year. I don't know. You absolutely have to start getting excited about football as it is. I'm enjoying every day of this. The off-season drama, the excitement of all the stuff that's going on, and the potential of what could be. And if you want to get stuck in, yeah, but that's stupid. Wow, we're, 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 we're just going to get bounced in the playoffs again. What's the point? Then don't do this. Find a different hobby. This is, this is, it's not worth the stress. If you're mad in March about the fact that we're not going to win a Super Bowl next February, I don't think this is the right thing for you. This is the most exciting time of year right now because there are no results. Even after the draft, as much as people want to give you grades, it doesn't matter. They're a bunch of idiots. They give the Packers bad grades every single year, and they're wrong every single year. You have the ability to be blindly excited, just like Bears and Vikings and Lions and Chiefs and everybody else's fans who think they had the best draft. We should be doing that too. We should be excited about the potential of the money, excited about the picks before and after the picks are made, and thinking about what could be, what might be, what can be. I mean, think about how upset we were at the, at, at the A.J. Dillon pick. What, what good did that serve us? thinking how stupid that was. How much did that help us with anything? All the, the disappointment and, the, and how upset we were about, about a pick that, that now we look back and we love it. We could have been excited that whole time thinking about, dude, this guy's a freak. Same with Rashawn Gary. All the time spent going, ugh, waited all this time and we get stupid Rashawn Gary. We could have had Brian Burns. Why didn't we get that? Nah, 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 nah. Jair, why, we could, why did we trade back and then trade up for Jair? We could have got Derwin freaking James, dude, one of the best safety prospects to come out the last five years. I can't believe we passed on him and got Jair, which was a reach. Why did we do that? Instead of just being excited about what could be, because what could be became what is. We spent so much time being miserable for no reason. We should be doing the opposite. Get excited until there's no reason to be, until we realize, you know what, it didn't pan out. Instead, we're miserable until they, until they prove to us they're worthy. It's such a stupid way to be. Don't be that way. I'm going to hate him for three years until he becomes a top five pass rusher, and then it's like, fine, I guess I'll stop hating him. That's stupid. No, don't stop. Keep hating him. Don't stop. 
Don't be there. Don't stick with it. Keep being miserable. You don't deserve to enjoy the fandom of, of Rashan. You don't deserve to enjoy that at this point, as miserable and, and horrible as you've been. You don't have the right to suck up the enjoyment of watching Rashan dominate offensive lines. What gives you the right to just come in last minute and suddenly be a big fan? No, sorry. You're out of here. You go over there and be pity. Go be miserable. Find another player to hate. Go worry about how Amari didn't pan out. Go worry. Go go stress about that. Go away. I'm enjoying Rashawn. You go worry about Amari. <sighs> Anyways, I've, I've, I've made this clear. Um, you guys enjoy your Saturday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.